Welcome to the New Life Podcast. Thanks for listening in. For more info on service times and locations, you can find us at newlifefoursquare.org. After engaging in conversation with a panel of men last week, we're continuing with none other than a panel of women. In this episode, five women stir us with their personal stories by reflecting on what it means to be a woman in today's world. women have prepared. They're excited. They have been praying. Um, So let's just give them a hand and let's all take a breath together (laughs) as we jump in. Um, So yeah, last week was so awesome hearing from the men. Thank you guys for doing that. I think it's a really cool thing in this series to be able to um, just hear stories and hear from the people that you see on Sunday mornings and interact and We hand chose people for a reason because they have something to share and God has been putting things on their heart. Um, So I'm excited. Um, But before we jump in, I just want to talk a little bit, do a brief introduction for you. Um, Women have a really important role in God's plan. I don't know if you know this, but the very first problem in the world, if you remember in Genesis, it was not good for man to be alone. The very first problem, and what was the solution? God created women, a woman, right? So women, I want you to be encouraged today. You are the answer to a problem. You are. Whatever that looks like in your home, in your families, in your workplace, you can be an answer to a problem if you step into who God has created you to be as a woman. Um, Being a woman is not a problem, regardless of what our culture has said over the years, If we let culture define us, um, we often feel like we come up short, right? I'm not skinny enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not this enough or that enough. And I don't have kids yet. Or I'm not married, so I must not be good enough. And this is true for men and women, right? If culture defines us, then we always fall short. Um, But we also, as women, we cannot fill the role of a man, regardless of what culture says. We were not created to. God created male and female. And there was a need for both of us. And we are better together. And we talked about this last week. We are better together. And so it's important for us to remember that. And hear my heart in this. And I'll do a little disclosure. Because I know for those of you who were here last week, we said a little strongly. But I want you to hear our hearts as pastors. Um, We do not believe in gender fluidity. We believe in male and female. That's what we believe the Bible says. But we're okay if you believe differently because we love you and we don't believe in shaming or ostracizing or making other people feel unwanted if they believe differently. Our doors are open for anybody to come in as pastors. We are open to have conversation. We would love to hear your story and hear your perspective and why you view that. But we have to follow the biblical mandate that we believe, um, but we are never okay with letting other people not feel valued. So please hear our heart in that. As we, as we say that, I know, I know it's countercultural right now. And it's difficult to talk about that, but our heart is to love people because that's what Jesus taught us. Amen? Okay, so now that that's out of the way, there's a place for you. You're needed, you're wanted in the church, regardless of your perspective. Um, I want to talk briefly about the principles of a godly woman from Proverbs 31. It's the ideal um, scripture that we use, and I believe I'm sitting amongst Proverbs 31 women here. I think every single person on this panel is this. Um, But historically, sometimes culturally, right, women are looked at as the lesser, maybe the more weak um, gender. Maybe they're not as um, capable in this way or they're more emotional. And as I was reading through and looking at Proverbs 31 women, I want you to look at a couple verses with me. Um, We don't see that to be the case. If you look, verse 12, she brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. So she brings good. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. She works hard. She's strong. Verse 20, she is generous. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. She's generous. She's clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She's strong. She's bold and confident. She doesn't worry about the future. This does not sound like a weak woman to me. Does it sound like it to you? Doesn't sound like an overly emotional. She is strong and courageous. Verse 26, she has wisdom. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. 
Verse 30, charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. So she fears God. She knows who her God is and she follows him all the days of her life. And that is what, from the biblical perspective, when we look at this, right, regardless of the cultural norms of where women's place was, you'll see on our panel this morning, we have people from all walks of life. These women come from different stages. They have different backgrounds. And they're all godly women, They are all godly women. And so I just want to encourage you with that this morning, that when we look at it, none of them are weak, none of them are helpless. Um, But again, you know, this is what it means to to be a woman of God, to fear the Lord, to follow after him. So, all right, you don't want to hear from me. You want to hear from them. Let's do our panel introductions. Um, I'm going to have them introduce themselves and just um, say your name and a little bit about you so they can kind of hear your background just briefly. And we'll start with Cha. Hi, uh, my name is Cha. It's actually Charissa, but everybody knows me as Cha, so it's just Cha. Um, married to Philip. Um, we have two kids, Patrick and Sophia. Um, I have a full-time job, and I'm also a full-time mom, and very busy um, uh, volunteering at school. So very, very busy life. Hi, I'm Emily Yonker. But I go for the nickname Ams, E-H-M-S, so that's me. I'm happily married to Mr. Russell Yunker, good-looking guy over there. <clears throat> and um, I am now a stay-home wife, so basically I'm a housewife, homemaker, a business person, and a church volunteer, happy church volunteer. Hello, everyone. My name is Lorena. I'm married to um, my husband. Handsome husband, Dennis David. <laughs> Beautiful kids, Vanessa, Caleb, and Destiny. And um, I'm a full-time mom and um, working, as a part, working a part-time job at this moment. And um, I volunteer here at New Life as well. And I'm Vendetta. They call me V. I'm uh, single, never married, and no children. I was engaged twice, and... Um, One was to a Christian man, but he had doctrinal differences that we couldn't agree on. So the Lord gave me the scripture, uh, Galatians 5, don't be entangled with the yoke of bondage. So that ended that. Another time was with a preacher's kid. He was a good guy, but he was more committed to tradition than Christ. So I wasn't pleased with that. Uh, I'm retired now. Oh my gosh, a long time now, but uh, (laughs) I've been a caregiver for, um, helped to be a caregiver for both parents, and they're uh, now deceased. Good morning. I'm Sharice. I'm a single full-time mom. I work, and I've raised three children, two adult girls, one young adult son. Awesome. Thank you. I think it helps to hear their perspective as they answer the questions, too. So I wanted you to hear a little bit about them. Um, We're going to have the questions on the screen for you to follow along with us. But we're going to start with the first question. We'll start with Cha. What were the roles of women in your family or culture growing up? Um, So I didn't grow up with parents. My mom left, I think, before I turned one. And um, my dad left, I'd say maybe I was three. I think Charity remembers more. Um, So I grew up with just my sisters, and I remember just moving from my grandma's house to my aunt's house. So that was the first seven years of my life. Um, It was good because I had my sisters, and we just stayed together and loved each other very much. But um, my sisters left before me to move to the U.S., and I was uh, left with my aunt and my cousins. And um, during that time, it was all rules and punishment. Um, there was a lot of physical abuse, and everything that was um, done was, um, I love you, that's why I punish you. Um, so that's how I saw how it was. Like, it was just, um, like, you know, like, love means punishment yeah thank you for sharing it changed that. when yeah. i was seven so i'll i'll continue <laughs> the next question on that okay can you do you think you could share maybe just how that shaped you growing up feeling um i i remember asking questions and questions wasn't um allowed it was more of 
you show respect, you don't ask questions. Um, there was a rule that one mistake is everyone's mistake. Um, so I always had this thing that I didn't do it, then how come I get punished for doing it? But that was the rule of the, of the house. And so for me, it, it was more of survival and um, to less punishment means to just not say anything. Okay, and was it different for men or women? Like, were there boys around? I know you have four three um, sisters. There's four girls, right? Yes, yes. Um, we had one brother. Okay. Um, but growing up, there were no men in the house. It was grandma, um, aunt, and sisters, mostly. My, my brother had his own world. Okay. Yeah. So he got away with a he lot more. He got away with a lot. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing um, and just disclosure, if we get emotional, it's okay. We got Kleenex. We'll just be emotional together. We'll move on. Can everybody be okay with that? Like, it's okay. We're talking about our lives. This is, it's okay to be emotional. All right. Miss um, V, will you share a little bit about what it was like for you growing up and as a woman, what women were portrayed as? We had a, a positive role model. Uh, my grandmother uh, worked all the time because her husband had died at a young age and uh, she had to take care of the children. So I saw women working in the family. But my dad did not want my mom to work. So uh, she stayed home and was a homemaker. She made our clothes and took care of things. But she was also, um, she took on, a, I guess, a man's role because she could build cabinets. <laughs> she could... Uh, uh, do upholstery, uh, she had power tools, so anything she wanted or needed that dad couldn't do, she would do it. But it was a positive role model. She was resourceful, huh? <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. Okay, for question number two, um, we'll start with Lorena. How did your upbringing shape your view of yourself as a woman? You can share a little bit about yeah, um, I grew. I grew up as. Um, oh my God! Sorry. No crying. Um, okay. Um, I, my mom raised us. There's three of us. I'm the, uh, I'm the oldest of the three. There was two fathers. I didn't grow up with my dad. I'm just being emotional, just taking it up, but I'm okay, okay, right now. <laughs> just talking about it just makes me emotional. You're good, you but, got this. Um, but I'm good. <laughs> um, so I grew up just, you know, being my mom as my role model. She was great. She passed away 2007. So, but she did, I mean, she has great influence on me. She was a loving mother. She was a loving person. She was so friendly. She's friendly with everyone. So um, growing up, Although we didn't, um, I didn't grow up with a dad being around in the house. My mom portrayed both roles. And now thinking back, you know, that's hard. That's a hard role that she did. But I got all the love that she could ever give me and my siblings. And that's something that I have um, inherited from her. And that's something that I am passing on to my kids and um, trying my best to just love on them. So, yeah. You're doing a great job. <laughs> she worked and took care of you? Sorry. Um, my dad was a provider. He okay. was here in America to work. You know how it is for Filipinos out there. They could relate. Um, the dad leaves for, you know, to work overseas to provide for the family. So that was our situation then but my dad provided my mom worked she hustled really hard okay. yeah i'm hearing a lot of strong women in these family backgrounds too ems will you share a little bit about how your upbringing shaped your view of yourself thank you um thank you for that question <laughs> sorry i'm just breaking the ice because i'm a cry baby so it's expected i grew up Sorry, I have to read, okay? So I basically grew up from a conservative family, having a dad who's Chinese. So if you know anybody Chinese in the, their time, rules are rules. So he is very strict. But we are his princesses. So basically during the time it was me, my sister Flory, and then my sister Mary Ann, and we are just like three years apart. And having a textile business, my dad is so fun of dressing us up. 
Seriously, if you're on 70s, 80s, all those ruffles and colorful outfits, we were wearing them and we look like triplets. So, yeah. So, my dad being strict and into fashion, you know where I got it. So, basically, um, we grew up overprotected. My dad is really protective. So, we were shielded. So, basically, we cannot play outside the street. So we're like ghosts in our own little town, right? They know there are kids inside, but they couldn't see who those kids are. So in our community, we don't live in a very fancy place, okay? So you can imagine all the street um, kids, like running around dirty and all. We walk, we're very prim and proper. So, so yeah, so basically I view myself, you know, as a woman to be a firm and proper, very girly, which is so obvious. And um, even though I got into a lot of sports growing up, you know, like a little tomboyish as well, but I made sure I had my powder in my pocket. You know what I mean? And I had my lip gloss and all that. So I'm a girly growing up. And um, also I view myself as a woman that is protective of others. And maybe it's because also, I'm okay, all right? I'm just a crybaby. But I guess because growing up, seeing my dad being protective of us as kids, so I'm describing my dad being protective as a father. Because him being a husband is a different story. But as a father, he was so protective. And I feel like growing up, I became very protective of others too. And I guess because of that. It's how you felt loved. So you didn't mind being girly and being dressed up because you knew he was protecting you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for sharing. And Sharice, will you do the same question? How did your upbringing shape your view of yourself? My upbringing was in a home of six boys and two girls. Um, my mother was a single parent. I didn't know my father, but my siblings did. So it was, it was a little rough. Um, my mom wanted me to be a girly girl. My brother said, oh, no, we can't have that. You know, the neighborhood I grew up in wasn't the safest, so they taught me how to protect myself. So I came a, a tomboy. But I love to be dressed up, my fingernails done, hair done. They was like, oh, what are you doing? Like, I want to be a girl. So it was kind of tough. But my mother raised us up on a... Christian foundation, so we knew God, we knew Jesus, um, even though we was out there maybe doing wrong, but we knew right, so we had a strong um, upbringing. The, fem um, the women, my mother, she was, she was a great role model. I mean, like, in my eyes, she couldn't do no wrong, but she was a strength, so I see um, the role as, that shaped me as strength. She held everything together by herself, alone. Eight kids, I don't know how she did it with those six boys, because they drove me insane. <laughs> but she did it, and my mother passed on in 1995, but she was God-given, and I would never, I would change that. But I also had my grandfather, who was on the spectrum of a father to me. He set rules down for us when it comes to dating, this guy has to be this way, that way. He set a standard that I still go by, and he's been gone. Um, it's just, and my grandmother, she taught me the things in the kitchen because she was like, hey, regardless if you want to be this time boy, but these are the things you have to know inside this house. You, do nurse, you start from this kitchen, and then you make sure your house is clean. So my upbringing was very positive, very, you know, had great role models in my life, but those boys was tough. So I'm a little tomboyish, but yeah, I'm still feminine. <laughs> It's a great combo. Um, I'm going to go a little off script for a minute. Bear with me, guys. I won't put pressure on anyone particularly. But I'm hearing a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure to be a certain way in some of your stories, um, to make sure you did the right thing, to make sure you didn't get dirty, to make sure you weren't too girly, right? To what, from your perspective, did that do for you as you grew up? And becoming maybe a young, a young adult and a woman, like, did you, did you feel that pressure? Did it cause you to be motivated to grow? Did it make you want to do things differently as you got older? Any one of you maybe speak to that? 
Um, to me, because they were saying that, you know, how they were raised as a girly girl or a tomboy. I've always been a girly girl, if you, I think it's obvious. But because um, I've seen it in my mom. Um, she would just, like, you know, um, dress up. She loves dressing up. And that's something that motivated me as a girl or as a woman. And up until now, it's fun for me. For some women, I cannot say anything for them, but... Um, it's it's not like it's a it's a, it's a hard work you know just to dress up but for me it's it's fun I enjoyed it and I enjoy it and it motivates me and it's something that I it's it's a special thing as a woman to be girly I guess for me okay yeah yeah thank you um, I think I shared this with with Charity I, I talked to Charity a lot she became my mom so she's right there anyway um. I, I always had this thing that I never felt special just because growing up, like not having that mother role or the role of parents. Um, so I always have this thing that I want to make everyone feel special. And, um, and, and I think that was one of the things because growing up, I'm always like, you know, like, I'm never going to do that. I'm going to be this. I'm going to be loving. I'm going to be kind. I'm going to be, you know. So if there was one thing from my experience to that was to learn how to love. And I can speak for it because my daughter's a year and a half and Cha is the most loving. Her and her daughter are constantly giving us some of the hand-me-downs that my daughter loves and you are, you do embrace that. So thank you for, for not m continuing that cycle, for breaking it and being different with your kids. I think you've done great with that. Thank you, guys. Okay, let's jump to number four. Um, and maybe, Miss V, you can start for us. Our culture defines femininity in unique ways. Um, it can cross genders. It can be sexualized or not. It can look different in different cultures. Do you always feel feminine? Tell us about you and your femininity. What makes you feel feminine? I enjoy uh, the feeling of being feminine. Um, like was said already, I like wearing jewelry, I like perfume, I like clothes, I like a lot of things that, you know, make women pretty. Uh, the only time I, I don't like um, being feminine is when uh, I have to bring in heavy uh, bottles of water and, and do the chores around the house where you need a man. And we don't, I don't have that. But um, I enjoy being feminine. I enjoy men opening the door. I enjoy, like Genesis said last week, a man walking on the outside. Uh, I like uh, being, you know, told nice things too, being respected. So that's how I feel. Yeah, no, that's great. And sorry, I'm going to ask a little bit more because I know when you and I talked last week, you were sharing a little bit about... Um, growing up and how your dad treated you and as, as a girl. Can you share a little bit about that? My dad was, um, he's kind of a self-made man. Um, he learned the trade of photography and he was very, very good at it. And uh, he, he, his role was, I make the money, uh, I don't have time for hugs and kisses and all that kind of stuff. So he was there in the home, he worked, he provided. But emotionally, he was not there. And uh, he made the money, took care of the family, and that was his role, and he felt that that was all his role should be. Uh, our mother and grandma was the one who provided the, 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 the love and the affection and the sensitivity and all of that. And that's what I grew up with that meant a lot to me. Thank you. Okay. So, She's ready. She's like, I know, me. right? Um, so it changed. Age seven, I feel like I'm continuing on from like my questions, but age seven, it changed. Um, I came to America to join my sisters and um, my mom, finally. And uh, very different because it was my first time to actually see my mom and, and how, she, um, how, she, how she was and how she is. Um, so she's very elegant and fancy and I remember I would 
I would go to her closet and just stare at her shoes and her bags, and, and I would copy everything that, um, that she is. And I think that's what got me started, to just like, like oh, I should fix my hair. And, um, and because I looked up at her, everything that I see was, was that, because that's what she would tell me, you should always look your best, uh, lotion, 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 <laughs> wash your face, you know, she would teach me how to, you know, so, uh, so that was, I think, for me, the start of just seeing, oh, so this is what it's like, that was, yeah. And maybe a point of connection. And a her. point of connection yeah. with her, yes. So being feminine for you connected you to your mom, maybe in a way that, yeah, yes. that's cool. Thank you. And Lorena, do you want to answer Number four, do you always feel, you like to dress up, you like to do all that, but do you always feel feminine? Yes. <laughs> um, yes, I have. Um, because, yeah, like what Cha said, my mom was my role model, and she, she likes dressing up, and it makes her feel good, and it does feel great. And I, um, I kind of do this with my kids when they were growing up, but I can't dress them up the way I wanted to now, but, um, <laughs> so I kinda, it kinda like different for them, cause every, every child is different. Um, I have one that just like to be comfortable, and I have one who likes to be so girly and extra, and they know who they are. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I've always felt being a feminine, and um, what makes me feel most feminine and why, um, just, just looking like a lady, I guess, you know, fixing my hair, looking good. I mean, I love just playing with makeups and, you know, different kind of outfits and shoes, all that girly stuff. And I, I really love it. I think it, it is a gift for a woman, and I enjoy it. <laughs> Can I add something? Sure. Yeah. So um, growing up with my dad, being straight and all that, he actually make sure that we're treated well, right? So I just wanted to share this to showcase my husband. I feel more feminine every time he opens the door for me. And he's been doing that since the day he asked me for a date up to this date. So to the young adults, you know, when you pray, God will give the right one. That's good. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I'm going to answer this one too because I think... Um, Sometimes having different perspectives is a little bit helpful. Um, so I don't always feel feminine. Um, and I think being the oldest and having younger siblings, I played sports. I was a little bit more athletic. Um, I, I always felt uncomfortable. I, it, I like grew up with like girls have to wear shorts under their dresses. That skirt is too short. Like I grew up in a Baptist school. It was very strict. So femininity was like always sexualized. It was always, there was a negative tone to it because being a Christian and growing up in the church, don't be too girly, don't be too feminine because you're going to attract wrong things, right? And so um, it was hard for me to embrace that. And I, I do enjoy dressing up and I do have moments, um, but I think I, it was always something that I struggled with. And so in for those of you who don't know, um, I'm a psychologist, and so a lot of times I have young kids, young girls who come in and are struggling, especially with our culture. Like, I don't always feel feminine. Does that mean that I'm not a girl or that I'm, you know, they, they question their sexuality? And I just feel like because we have the youth in here too, it's important to, to let you know you can still be a woman even if you don't like playing dress up. Like, it's okay. Um, you can play sports and you can be athletic and you can embrace that. Um, but make sure that you're also not hiding your femininity too. And I love how Lorena says it. It's a gift. There's something that we have as women and, and understanding who we are and understanding who God has created us to be, right? There's something that we get to offer and provide in that that femininity, dressing up um, with our girls. I'm having so much fun with my daughter dressing her up. And I know there's going to come an age where she's going to get to choose, right? If she wants to be more girly or if she wants to play sports, and I'm all for it. If she wants to play sports, that's great. Um, I don't know if I can handle too girly. If she wants to be a cheerleader, I'm going to have to send her your way because I don't know if I can do that. Um, but I think it's, it's important to understand that there's a, a variety and um, Knowing who you are in Christ is the most important thing. Being confident in yourself, loving yourself, right? As women, we can be so mean to ourselves, mean to each other, right? Society puts this expectation of what the perfect woman is supposed to look like, and it's fake. It's always fake. 
and we are comparing ourselves to that so much of the time. And so just if you're like some of these women who love being girly, that's great. Do it. But make sure the heart behind it is, is right. It's because it's fun. It's because you're enjoying it. It's because you're embracing who you are and not because of this pressure or expectation. Okay? Sorry, my pastor psychologist role coming out. We'll jump back to questions. <laughs> Number five, um, do femininity and your role as a woman coexist or are they separate things? And Sharice, we'll start with you. Well, I have to say, being a tomboy, I had to make it coexist because the roughness, the sport of it, I was mental like a guy. I got to hit hard. I got to play hard. I have to, I have to win. So I had that mentality. And so I had to make my femininity coexist. I was like, yeah, but I still like my hair done. I like to dress up. I like to hang out with my girls. I still like to be that girl. And... Um, so it was kind of edgy. My, my femininity is kind of edgy, kind of soft but edgy. And I love that in me. And um, I like that part about me. It's just, it's just funny because, like, if I do my laundry, I take the linen off, and I find myself putting powder on my mattress before I put my sheet on. I'm like, how many feminine, you know, tomboys do that, you know? So it's like, it's, it's funny. In little ways, I see my femininity outshine my tomboyish, and it's just wonderful. But at times, I can see sometimes I, when I go to grab things, how rough I can be. I was like, dang, that's that tomboy coming out in me, you know? So I have to make my femininity coexist. Did that affect how you interacted? Because you have two girls and a son, right? How you parented? Can you speak to that a little bit? This is so true. Um, it did. Being that single mom, the two girls first, the first one was really girly girl. She still is. The second one was, she was borderline. She was, I said, oh, she's like me. She's a tomboy. So I, I, can, I related to the middle one more than I did the older one, but I still catered to her girly girl. Whatever she wanted, she had it. And I was like, okay, if that suits you, hey, I support it, you know. But, um, and then the son came along, I was like, oh, yeah, I, I relate to this totally. <laughs> and he's so athletic and, you know, out there and um, everything. But at times, like, I still had to be soft with them, like, when it comes to discipline. Because when you are, when you are a tomboy and you, you, you have this mentality, you, it could be a little rough. And I can project it on my, my son as being rough because he's a boy. But my two daughters was different. And then I can see in their face like, oh, I said that wrong. Or I grabbed you wrong. Or too, too hard. So I had to soften it up when it come to my girls and just be edgy with my son. So I had to make it both coexist. I had to have that softness with my girls and edgy with my son. So, I mean, I, they, they're well. They will. Two working, one in college. He's in college, so I think I did a good job. So, Amen. You did. You did. And in some ways, because you were a single mom, you, it was probably a gift that you had both of those perspectives so you could help. You know, you had to fill both roles. So maybe, maybe that was God's way of kind of helping you. You had both sides. You were able to do it and fill in that role. So you've done an, an amazing job. I've met your kids, and they're great. All right, um, where are we? I lost track. Number six, <laughs> you guys with me? Yes, number six. Um, oh, Ems, no, sorry. Ems, can you tell us a little bit about number five? Sorry, remind me, jump in. She's like, hey, don't forget about me. <laughs> How does femininity and your role as a woman coexist, or are they separate things? Um, I will agree with um, Therese, yes. It, for me, it coexists. So I can be as feminine as I want, loving all the, the pink color, the flowers, all the girly stuff that you can ever think of. But at the same time, being a homemaker, I can basically swing a hammer. You know, when I needed to, I can go to Home Depot, carry all the woods, paint our house, build a um, table and chair and all that. I can do that. And for the record, sorry, love, I have to do this. I, can actu I actually use more our power tools at home than him. You know? Yeah. So don't worry, I ask permission. <laughs> so, yeah, so for me, it coexists. You know, like 
all the girls here, we can be as girly as we want to, right? But it doesn't hurt knowing and being strong, like doing some of the jobs that some men are doing. So for me, it coexists, simply coexists. Awesome, thank you. I'm glad I didn't forget you. That was important. <laughs> all right, next question. How has being a Christian shaped your view of yourself as a woman? What have you learned about yourself and how God sees you? And Chai, you can start us off. Um, I actually went through um, a journey of finding who I am. Um, I was very confused. I, I felt like um, I was, there were a lot of different Chas, and it was who, whatever that person needs, I'll be that Cha. And, um, and I think it was a, a, like a survival for me to do that, like to just be the child that everybody wants to be. And when I became a Christian, I think God just started showing me, um, like, I need to find out before I become a mom, before I become anything else, I need to know who I am. So I, I, I read so many books. I, um, I mean, I was searching, um, but God took over. Um, I remember uh, when I when I got married, I would wake up Philip and I would tell him, God showed me something about myself. I started journaling. I started spending time with him. Um, prayer closet. Um, I couldn't wait because I felt like it was the time that God show me. Show me who I am. And, and you made me, so you know me the most. And, um, and it was just wonderful because just discovering who I am and preparing me to what he has for me. Not not just as a woman, but as a child of God, as, as, as his disciple, as, as someone, you know, like that. Awesome. Thank you. And how about for you, Miss V? Do you want me to ask the question again? How has being a Christian shaped your view of yourself as a woman? What have you learned about yourself and how God sees you? Well, I had always wanted, uh, like I said, to marry and have a family and uh, for a while, I thought God had forsaken me there. Uh, at 15, um, they discovered I had a heart condition. And um, I was in the hospital, and they ran tests. And they told me that I could never have a natural childbirth. When the time came to marry and have kids, uh, I could have cesarean, but not a natural childbirth. So I said, well, okay, that's all right. Yeah, I can do that. And uh, as time went on, the Lord started giving me um, Isaiah 54, <laughs> the barren woman. And I thought to myself, I don't know why I'm getting this. This is not what God has planned for me. You know, um, he knows my heart. So... Um, Another time, uh, people would send me cards or give me a book, and they would put Isaiah 54 in there. And I'm saying, I really don't know what this is about, <laughs> you know. But anyway, as time went on, I uh, developed uh, a heart block, and it was, it was a bad deal. I had to go in the hospital, and uh, they had to put a pacemaker in. And with that pacemaker... Uh, it, kind of slowed me down a lot. And then I had to have another surgery of another kind that made it uh, very clear that I would not have children at all. So I was very, uh, very let down. You know, I love children. I taught Sunday school. Uh, I did all these things, and yet I felt that I would never be able to have this myself. So uh, one day while... Grieving this and having my time with the Lord, um, he gave me a vision. And this is just, this is my first time ever sharing this vision out. But it was awesome. He, um, in the vision, he showed me, uh, he was walking with me. And he showed me land, acres and acres and acres of land. And um, as we walked, um, uh, the land had uh, buildings on it. Uh, it had houses on it. It had chapel on it. And um, the beautiful thing was there were children there. It was like a school. Some of the buildings looked like schools. But they were filled with children. And um, 
living there. I got the impression that they weren't just visiting, but they lived there on the facility. And I heard him say, I can do this for you. And I thought to myself, I was very overwhelmed. And I said, Lord, what can I do? I don't know what to do with this. And he kept emphasizing, this is for you. And so that gloom, uh, that sadness that I felt turned to just hysterics. I was laughing unbelievably. Just, just like, you would do this for me. You would do this for me. And um, so after that, as time went on, uh, he began to uh, remind me of all the Bible stories that I had taught kids. Mm. I taught kids Bible stories <laughs> left and right. And uh, he led me to put those Bible stories to rhyme. Mm. And that's how the poetry began. Uh, I took those Bible stories and started making rhymes out of them. I said, if a child can learn a rhyme, he'll learn the Bible. Mm-hmm. And from that, some of you know about it, and uh, the poetry began. And then uh, from that, he led me to write poetry about other things. But all I can say is I didn't figure him in my life in this way. Mm-hmm. I never would have dreamed he'd go, he would do things this way for me. But... Uh, <laughs> I look back now, and I'm just in awe, and I'm so happy. He did not forsake me like I thought he had. Thank you. That's so powerful. So it sounds like for you, without Christ, there would have been a lot of disappointment and sadness because you had these hopes and dreams that weren't getting fulfilled in the way that you thought, but knowing Knowing the Lord, walking with him, he spoke to you, he showed you visions, and he met a need that you had in a way that maybe you never would have expected. I don't know how he's going to do it. I don't know when he's going to do it or where. I know sometimes I'd be right in this uh, church sitting over there, and I would feel like, Lord, I'm getting old. <laughs> Time is going by. When are you going to do this? And I would never will forget Ron Melcher from Norwalk. He came to me, he said, I have a scripture for you. He says, the Lord says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Uh, And uh, I said, oh, thank you, Lord. He didn't know anything. He didn't know what I was going through. Pastor Ken gave a prophetic word one time. He says, I see an ankle bracelet around your foot, and it's the promise of Abraham. Everywhere you walk, you you will claim that land. Wow. So uh, I'm just excited. I don't know how I'll win, but we're We're standing believing with you. Thank you. Okay. Let's move to number seven. What's one area you are still working on growing or developing as a woman in today's culture? And maybe, Ems, you can start. All right. I think there's still two things. I'm going to start with one that's not going to make me cry. Um, Enjoying being a homemaker. (laughs) Seriously. Um, I grew up pampered uh, by my father, but at the same time, I work as a nurse. I got into bank. I work in the bank for like more than a decade as an investor um, boss or kind of like that. But so I am used to working. And on the side, I have business. So it's like I'm used to a busy life. And now I'm a stay-home wife. So there's still like sometimes there's still struggle like, I want to work. But then... (laughs) Eventually, God is teaching me, this is how he blessed me. So who am I to complain, right? Thanks, my love. (laughs) So, yeah. And the second one. Actually, I was hoping that Christina will not ask me this question. (laughs) Because I know I'm going to cry. But I'm going to read it so I can say what I wanted to say. So the second one is actually being a mom. Um, this, is, this is an area which I'm still working on, or not by myself, but with my husband. <laughs> I can be a mother to all um, our Dabarkad's kids, our uh, 
our church kids, our friends from outside church. But, um, but I can never fully grow with it until I am a mother of my own. And, and in today's culture, in today's society, I believe it's becoming a dilemma because everyone else is comparing and judging for not having one yet, right? So it becomes a pressure. But my hope is in the Lord. If God places this desire in my heart, I know he will fulfill his promise. A few years back, basically, we had miscarriages. A few years back, um, God gave us a dream. Like, Russ has his own dream, and I had my own dream. And part of the dream was a promise that there is a child, that we will have a child. So up to this date, we are waiting and we are claiming that I will be a mom and he's going to be a dad. Um, God always encourages me in so many ways and that I know for a fact that it doesn't make me any less of a woman than others. Amen. 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 That's so true. And I love how you're also working hard on being available in the meantime, right? So often the meantime is hard. When we wait, we have this hope, we have this desire. We're waiting for God to fulfill it. We don't know what's going to happen. And um, for Miss V, I saw her in the, the kids' meet, uh, children's ministry meeting this morning. And I was like, ooh, steps in the direction. And, and with M's. She's amazing with kids, and if you watch her and all of her fun adventures that she gets to do and this awesome time she gets to have with her husband and how she so faithfully serves, and I know we love having you a part of our team and how you love our daughter, um, and we appreciate that. You are a mom in a lot of ways and believing for that with you. Thank you for sharing. And Lorena, any um, area you want to share that you're still working or growing? Um. Okay. Um, four years ago, um, I left my, my full-time job and became a stay-at-home mom, <laughs> not by force. I mean, not, um, not by choice. But, um, and I think that was the season where, because I did pray God. So I'm working on right now as a woman in today's culture um, in terms of my career. Because, you know, nowadays, you're a mom, you're a wife. And you have a full-time job, right? So, I mean, we juggle all those roles as a woman. And it's not easy. And I'm not saying it's, it's easier for men. No. But um, so that's where I'm at. So four years ago, I stayed home. And I did pray about that. You know, Lord, I wanted to be able to spend the time with my kids while they're still young. And God gave me that. Um, he answered that prayer in a very rare situations and I thank him for that but now in this season of my life I'm in the in like um situation where I said Lord what what is it that you want me to do as a woman with my career so that's something I'm trying to develop to grow and there are people in church that have helped me like yesterday I was in this class and God just confirmed that you know you don't have to be other woman who has a full-time job I mean being a full-time mom is already a career it's already a ministry that you have and I was just like wow Lord you know you're right you know I don't have to compare my calling with other women and I applaud those women who had a full-time job I want I once was and you know I just couldn't believe how I did that but of course with with a supportive husband and uh, family and friends and um so yeah um right now just I'm happy where I am but of course, there's a lot of development that needs to be developed, and there's a lot of growing. It's going to be ever um, growing, right? We're going to be growing and learning every every day in our lives. So um, I think it's it, it's the career thing that kind of pulls me to the side. Yeah. But it sounds like you're waiting on God, and you're yeah, I you're am waiting on doing God. some practical things. You're taking classes. You're exploring what maybe you're good at, what you're passionate about, and believing that God's going to show you when the next step is is and in the meantime you're getting time with your kids yeah no complaints yeah i like staying home with them (laughs) thank you all right so lastly just any advice you have for women single married 
kids, no kids, any, um, we'll start on this side. <laughs> any advice you have, and this is for everybody. Um, so going back to just finding who I am, um, I think it's important that we know who we are. And one thing I learned is, why was I reading so many books? I mean, it did help me, but in the long run, what helped me was going to God, because he's the one who made me, so he knows me the most. So it was, so my advice is, you know, like we all go through things. We all have a past. We all have um, hurts and, and aches and, and a lot of things. I mean, I went to a point that I, I, I was angry with God because someone prayed for me and said, um, God loves you and he was always there for you. But I never really felt that way. I mean, I went through a point that I'm like, God, if you love me, then why did you let all these things happen to me? And it was in those moments that I asked him. And so that's one thing, ask God, because he will tell you and he will show you. And, and it, I, it's the most amazing thing for me, getting to know him because I feared being a mother because I didn't know how. I feared being a wife because I didn't know how. I mean, but going to him and getting all that love and being able to love back was just amazing. So God is the answer in everything, in all your situation. It's just go back to God because he will show you. So good. I also love in your story the redemption, right, that you got and do have an awesome relationship with your sisters and your mom, and you guys travel to visit her every holiday. They're always going to see her, and I love how God has redeemed that story, too. Yes, because she, she has. I mean, every time she would always remind us, I, I wasn't there when you were younger, but I wanted to make sure that you feel that now. I mean, she went through her own struggles, and, and it was difficult, and it was learning her story and how God um, changed her, too, um, just helped with the healing, just knowing that ev every one of us has a story. Even my aunt, uh, when I was younger, that, um, that abused me, um, later on in life, she actually told me, I'm sorry, I was depressed, my husband left me, and I was left with you and, and my kids, and I didn't know what to do. And that's, you know, and so, like, I mean, God just has a way of showing us and healing us and healing the people around us. Amen. That wasn't a cue that you needed to stop talking, but you're good. We'll move on. We'll move on. Any other advice that you ladies have? Um, yeah. So I'm going to read this. To the young ones, if um, your parents told you not to do something, listen and obey. I am not saying this because I am friends with your parents. Um, I am saying this because just like you, I was once upon a time a teenager and a young adult. I had mistakes, shortcomings, and became, I became rebellious too. But bottom line, I failed, right? Because I listened to myself. I listened to myself I, that I thought I was right. So I know some of you are undergoing this or going through this, but remember this. God wants you. God wants to spare you from all this unnecessary pains and mistakes, all right? Amen. Um, one big reason why God put that verse in the Bible, I'm just going to read it. Verse, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. God didn't say, for this is maybe right, or it can be right, but this is right. And for the adults, when things get tougher, and that's for all of us, we run to Jesus like what Cha said. Nothing in this world can make you any less of a woman than what God created you to be. So we shine bright like a diamond. Sorry, I'm not going to sing. <laughs> but seriously speaking, um, in Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 11, in the same way, the women are to be worthy of respect. Not malicious talkers, but temperate and trustworthy in everything. And I thank you. Amen. It's good. Um, for me, when um, I saw that question, this thing came up to my mind. Oh, just came up. I'm going to just read it. Um, my advice would be, um, 
as women, we know how strong we are. Physically, maybe not. But, you know, inwardly, we draw our strength internally, right? So let us use that strength and our great influence to build up all the men in our lives. Our father, our mother, our father, brother, sister, oh, not brother, uncle, um, you know, husband, all, all the men in our lives. And let us learn to honor and trust them. In that way, our man will feel empowered and stand up for his family, for his community, and that will result and benefit all of us. So, and also, let us empower each other as women. You know, let us not compare each other's status quo or whatever in life, but let us empower and build each other up. Build each other up. And, you know, it will be a great world, I guess. For me, my advice would be trust the Lord. Uh, I know as kids, we were told... uh, Be girly and be a woman, but be independent. Have your own. Make it your way. Uh, Make sure you have what you need. But I would say to you, be dependent on Jesus. He wants to be involved in everything you do, in all aspects of your life. And he is not a disappointment. He will fulfill your dreams and give you joy that you never thought you could uh, receive or you could earn or you could do. So my advice would be trust the Lord. If he has a promise, he's given you a promise, he'll fulfill it. He will. It's not, um, he'll fulfill it. I'll just say that. So trust the Lord. My advice to be is that we as mothers, we can get lost in our children's lives, our husband's lives. I'm not married, but husband's lives. We could get caught up in everybody else's life and we forget about ourselves. So for me, I got lost amongst everything because I had to do it all. But a few years ago, after all my struggles I had, when I came here, he starts showing me who I am. He starts showing me that I can be bold. I could go out there, I can start being me without hiding myself. And it was a beautiful thing. And I would never thought that I would be in children's ministry teaching the children or be an EHS table leader or, yes, let alone just being up here giving advice to you. So I, my advice is to let God be him. Let, him. let him groom you to be that woman he wants you to be. And, my, and like Christina started off with Proverbs 31. I just thought Proverbs 31, 31 is the best. It said, give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in her gates. So just continue doing what God wants you to do. Let him groom you. It's just, it's amazing. He's amazing. But like, they, like most of us said, trust him. He, he knows. These women are so awesome, right? <laughs> Thank you guys so much for sharing. Some of, um, just to recap, some of what I heard is to be strong and independent, but be dependent on Jesus, to empower the people around us. We know we're strong. We know what our strength is, but to make sure we're using that strength for good, to empower the people around us, to not minimize your value, to not forget about yourself, and that's so important. I have a little one. She keeps me busy. Like those of you who know, you've got lots of kids running around. We have to work on taking care of ourselves, and that's such good advice. Um, Knowing who you are, loving Jesus, letting him redeem your story, teach you about yourself is what I heard from you, Cha, and um, not being afraid to let him go to those places. Uh, I love the excitement. Like, I'm excited to go to my prayer closet and just spend time with Jesus because of what he's going to show me. And there is such that, that back to that first love, right? And knowing Jesus enough because that's how we learn who we are. Um, and I love that. And then, Ems, your advice is so great, too. Children, listen to your parents. They've They've been where you are, even if... He, It feels like it was a long time ago. (laughs) They've been where you are. They know what it's like to be in your shoes. Maybe it's a little bit different, but teach them. Help them to understand you and what you need. But trust them. Listen to them. Obey them. And that's such good advice. And then... um, Making sure that as, as parents, as adults, right, we, we know who God is and that we're pursuing him and we're trusting him with every aspect of our life, right, and staying close to him. So thank you, guys. Um, what a blessing to know you and um, to hear your stories. 
And just a shameless plug, right? This is a great opportunity to keep coming on Friday nights, to keep coming on Sunday mornings, to get connected, because this is how we get to hear each other's stories. We're providing this platform, right, last week and this week to hear some of the people who've been really involved in our Friday nights, too, and are coming in and sharing. And we want you, we glean from each other, right? There's a wealth of wisdom and knowledge in this room. Look at the person next to you. They have something to offer. They have a story to tell. And so let's be people who first and foremost believe who God has called us to be. Let's know who we are and who Jesus has made us to be. And then let's empower the people around us so that we can grow and we can love each other and we can do this really hard life together and build each other up and lift each other's arms. Amen? Amen.